Okay, so today on the show, we have a very, probably my tallest guest I've ever had, <laughs> in the form of Mr. Adam Willis. Adam is very kindly uh, travelled all the way down, up, up or down, it's down, up. Uh, it would be up, up, but I've been up in Newcastle. He's been so up in Newcastle, he's down, he's yeah. down at the moment to the FLF Performance Centre, tell me all about his project, which is the Empower Her, or Empower, yeah. Empower Her project, which is all about female training, um, and basically getting women to become the strongest, leanest, most confident version of themselves. Adam, tell us a bit about yourself first before we get cracking. Uh, so, I qualified for the industry probably like 2001, so I've been doing this a fair while. I took a gap, brief hiatus when I got a proper job, and uh, in 2010 was kind of introduced to, jo- to Joe DeFranco and his kind of work. And from a performance background where I came from playing semi-professional basketball, uh, I kind of wanted to go down that route where it's more kind of results based and chucked in my notice I was basically working as a prison officer chucked in my notice for that and then from there went to uh, use my last paycheck went over to DeFranco's learned from Joe DeFranco and then from there came back started my business but for the first time I had direction which was more kind of a strength result uh, based in the sense of following more of a performance background and that kind of gave me the direction I wanted Worked in a commercial gym for a while. Um, ended up working down at obviously Winning Health uh, Solutions, where obviously Tom Hibbert is, who you know. And then the gym I was at, there was a guy in there who was very good at nutrition called Alex Ritson. He and I basically, I would refer my clients to him for nutrition. He would refer his clients to me for training. We sat down, had a coffee, and discussed, "Hey, why don't we try this online coaching um, and try and you know, I provide one element, you provide the other." He'd just come from working with Ben Coomba, so he kind of knew the format for online coaching, and we kind of took that from, from there maybe two and a half years ago, and we've just been building our online business from there, and then obviously now I have Empower Her, uh, and then the other thing I do is I teach people to become personal trainers, fitness instructors as well, so I teach people to come into the industry, so I've been doing a fair amount over the last few years. Yeah, that sounds good. So, as we were speaking before off air, um, the, the main question is to anybody like, on the podcast really is what is your niche and what is your specialty and how did you fall into the demographic of specifically women and the you know the training age that they have and the goal um, the same amount of goals as well yeah so for me yeah it's training females hope you know getting them strong lean confident in what they're doing uh, Alex and I always use the term that we try and create training and nutrition that doesn't define them uh, so really for me I think we started, we started the online business. We had two very well-known social media influencers on board, and that helped push our female following. Uh, so my following yeah, was fairly high with the female demographic. We were getting great results with them. And then I had a business coach this year, uh, or so just before, probably I think October time, I think we started, and he wanted me to kind of, what do I want to be known for? And we looked at who I currently work with, high volume of females, you know, general pop, strength athletes, endurance-based athletes, and uh, we wanted to put my focus into something rather than just being a, a coach that's good in all areas, actually create, not to create a niche, but to give me direction and provide and serve those who follow me, which is predominantly female. Yeah. So that's how I've now taken this, this step, this, this route for me where I want to be known for being a, a great trainer when it comes to, to females um, and that's where my content uh, is, is going particularly if you look at the demographic I work with fairly new lifters eight, uh, maybe 18 months to three years of experience um, 
looking to get stronger, looking to get leaner. I mean, most people's client base are going to want to look good naked. It's kind of the direction we go. And then we have the specifics of the people that maybe have more of a you know, strength or endurance-based goal. Have some people that do iron, you know, iron triathlons and those kind of things. And some girls that do powerlifting. Predominantly, it's Gen Pop who are just looking to, to lift, feel good, feel confident. And that's where we focus our efforts. So what are the biggest differences that you find uh, in training a, a man and training a woman? Apart from the obvious ones, but, but what, what's the most apparent ones? Other than equating for kind of the differences that can happen with their menstrual cycle, really there isn't a huge amount of difference in the experience that I have. The main thing will be often aesthetics comes down to that I'll certainly bias certain things for a man and, and certain things for a female. I mean, most females in this day and age, just because of popularity, kind of, you know, want to have, uh, you know, want to have great looking glutes, for instance. So I do give them a little bit more posterior work than maybe I will do for a male. Males tend to want to do some arm work during the week, so I put those in. So really the aesthetic stuff, I'll I'll drop that in as as additional work. But for the most part, their, uh, their training is fairly similar. I do manage volume slightly differently depending on how their cycle affects it. Mm. And that really comes down to uh, it doesn't affect every single female. Mm. And the ones it does affect, it affects in different ways. So yeah. just it's tapering volume or doing a volume and intensity taper mm. on the week of their, uh, of their cycle, mm. that can make a big difference just to allow them to keep their performance levels up. Yeah. Because you, you find that they might become frustrated because, you know, I, I, I think I wrote an article once, is if, if all of a sudden my strength just completely zapped for no apparent reason, it, I'd be pretty pissed off. And this is what happens on a monthly basis to women where suddenly there'll yeah. be like the, uh, the strength will go, fatigue, overheating, mm. irritability, and it's something that they have to kind of obviously manage. Um, but is it something you have set in? Because it'll be, in, I'm sure it'll be individual cases as well. But is it something? That, is it something that you take into consideration on the Empower Her project, like your questionnaire or, or yes. like that? So you, with the Empower Her uh, community, what we did at the start of the the last one, the one we're just finishing off, is I posted the article that I wrote uh, on how we can basically program more effectively around female cycle. Mm have them read it have them think about it and then a lot of them came forward with oh I've noticed that I'm experiencing these issues well the the main thing a lot of females do is they don't track their training enough Mm. and they don't track the cycle Mm. so they never put two and two together to realise that there is actually an issue here they just think oh I'm not feeling too strong today Mm. if you can get them to track both and you can get them to understand if there is a significant difference Mm. then we can make those adjustments now it might just be that you know if they're starting to feel they're just getting through the volume they're just tired Mm. but strength is still there we can make that adjustment and usually I'll, I'll undulate uh, training across four weeks mm. so what we'll do is we would put their lower volume week on the week of their of, of the cycle or the mm. week after the cycle mm. or you know if they say the cycle is four days mm. that time immediately after for about seven to ten days mm. they're actually a lot stronger mm. and can handle more volume mm. so I had the, most of my training if it's four cycles they do have a bit of a reach week mm. so that reach week goes that week after mm. so we can maximise that advantageous period mm. to go into there so sometimes it does take a bit of shifting things around mm. depending on the person I'm working with if I'm working with someone that's a bit more of a bespoke client mm. then what I'll usually do is after we've done the first phase we'll mm. see if there is any issues going on and then we can line everything up to mm. achieve that with the, the volume reduction week and the, and the reach week mm. coming the next month uh, and then it just follows cycle mm. from there obviously if someone experiences a, a struggle with volume and then experiences a struggle 
with actually maintaining their strength in that week. Mm. I'll do more of a traditional deload, mm. whereby we'll drop the volume and then we'll probably drop loading down to about 80% mm. and have them work off there. Mm. And just making them aware of like, this is okay, but we're going to maximize the next week mm. so you're still going to get great benefits. So could you do something like, you know, if, if, it, if a set program had a four-week program, uh, four weeks for a phase, could you do something where the actual program lasted three weeks, but then there was a transitional phase on the like week um, of the cycle where mm. they could they do something like just remedial work, cardio, and as a deload from the, the, like the compound lifts and then take them in? Yeah. that type of thing yeah you could, you could definitely do that um, there's other ways to do it I mean some people's programming will have that that first week of a new phase is more like a base loading yeah you could work with the base loading mm. uh, the way I use uh, mine it's um, what I learned from the guys at Strength Faction which is a, mm. an education system in the US mm. and they took it and adapted it from Joe Ken who's the Carolina Panthers mm. head strength and conditioning coach whereby week one is a base week week mm. two is a loading week so the volume is pretty much the same mm. and the idea is just to increase your loads mm. week three Joe Ken calls it a deload to reload so mm. what you do is you actually just you drop the volume back mm. to then reach your PR in week four right Strength Faction does it slightly different they drop the volume but you PR in week three right so the we work off RPE so the RPE goes up in week three mm. with week four is the reach week the volume goes higher than it's ever been in any in, across the phases mm. and you try if you can to hit the same weights that you hit in week three mm. so there's different ways of doing it but yeah you could quite easily just mm. potentially take those the, the main lifts out and just do remedial work off the back of it and mm. you know it's just adapting it so that the client doesn't feel that that week is mentally draining yeah more than anything else so like even if they came in and they had to drop the volume and drop the intensity it's getting them to understand that you're not a failure mm. because your numbers yeah. go down that week so yeah if you can fit it into your program so they actually builds confidence and they understand why it's there then that's the, that's the best it's a win for us as a coach because mm. it creates more buy-in if they understand and obviously it's a you know, service that you're providing is higher mm. but also for that, that female itself for confidence levels like there's nothing worse than having three incredible weeks yeah, and then yeah. tanking on one week from, for no fault yeah just the fact that your cycle has an effect on you mm. so um, like I say you've got quite an extensive um, like following in terms of the Facebook groups and you've got um, a lot of experience in working with a high volume of females and as I asked you before what would you say the number one issue that pops up all the time is like a commonality is that they're having a problem with throughout the program yeah uh, the first big block that's always happening is getting a female to understand stress management getting to understand that not every day has to be done at 100 percent you know getting them to step away from you've got to be exhausted you've got to be sweating hard you've got to have crazy doms having them understand that rest days are important and that we manage stress we can only the training that we do can only be actualized through the management of stress which does require us to one undulate volume and and, and stress markers from our training but also to undulate and put in rest days or even active recovery days but most people that aren't, that aren't very trained if i'm dealing with 18 months to, to three year experience an active recovery day can actually end up being worse like they can actually just go in and go too hard so getting them to understand and manage that is a key factor that's the first bump to get over and then once you get them to understand that and that it's actually necessary and how results can be improved that then becomes probably the hardest hurdle to go over but once you're from from that and understand about stress management and it becomes quite easy from there because we all we really do is think about training and nutrition oh, sorry certainly training is stress we think about work finances home life kids those are our stresses 
we don't really focus in training we just think oh it's just something I do to stay fit and in shape we don't yeah. think about the stress and no one ever thinks about nutrition as a stress no one thinks about the fact that if you're in a deficit your body isn't getting fueled as much as it wants there's a stress on it and then the longer you're in a nutritional deficit for the longer that stress increases I mean anyone that's dieted for a long period of time will understand the, the not only the mental side of it but the effect it takes on your body like you can feel really weak if, you know, if you're dieting for a long period of time that never gets equated so once people understand that understand that everything's a stress and we have to manage it that becomes a key factor from that. so that's the big the big hump to get over to start with yeah so it's basically basically having control over your variables where you know if someone's at a calorie baseline and they're training um you know maybe three or four times a week what i find with the females that i do train is that they usually like oh do i need to drop my calories now and oh do i should i add in some more conditioning i start more cardio it's like no just carry on doing what you're doing and that's that's the main thing right now because you know when people coming in it's clear they might like have emotional stresses or things going on then you know as a coach if you're going to add something in like a, a calorie deficit or another training session or higher intensity higher volume you, you know you're potentially going to make the performance worse and the body composition worse mm. would you say that females are a bit more susceptible to changes in body composition through stress through the hormones or is that a bit too is that equal among men and women uh it's not an area I've done. I've seen with my business partner doing the nutritional side yeah. of things. He's noticed that more. But we do see bloating, water retention, and other things. So, again, it comes down to if, if you can educate them that these things do happen. And, again, it comes down to tracking. If that person tracks and they see that every month their scale weight increases during the time of their cycle, um, or even, like, sleep. I mean, you can, you can do it with, like, if, you're, if you're tracking someone's body temperature, you can notice these things. If you can track these variables, and you don't have to track them all the time, but if you can track them and start to understand them, then you can manage the person better and that person can manage themselves better because again it's nothing work great you know if, you're, if you see all the results in, on the scale everything looks good and then suddenly oh my god I'm three pounds heavier mm. but if you've seen this time and time again yeah then you know it's okay you're like okay well in three days I'm going to be back to where I was yeah so managing that day it does happen but again I, I, from what I understand and obviously with, with Alex dealing with mainly with this side of things what he's able to see is okay this doesn't happen to everyone it just happens to a handful but unless we're tracking we don't know and I think that's a, a big factor is, I mean you probably get it asked yourself yeah. but people go I think I'm putting on weight or am I losing weight am I doing this like well how many variables are you controlling especially when someone comes on board that's new and some people in this day and age like, they don't like tracking they don't like tracking their food because it seems to be this you either do or you don't mm. amongst people when you watch social media and there's people that say you shouldn't have to mm. and you don't want to be that person because you become obsessed with it but if you're trying to control the variable and get to understand yourself, we have to have some sort of data points. If you've introduced a new training program and you want to maintain, lose, or gain weight, well, you need to track that. You can't just rely on what the mirror is telling you because it's subjective. Yeah. You wake up in the morning, you feel great, you'll see what you want to see. Yeah. If you wake up in the morning and feel shit, well, you're going to see probably what you don't want to see in that factor. And it's not that you have to track forever, but it does give you... It starts answering some of the questions. You can start to see whether that program or what you're doing is working. Yes, yeah, so it's definitely the subjective versus objective thing, which is you know, what, how how is someone feeling is very different from if you can notice trends in actual objective data, which is, is seen. Mm. Um, do you have any trackers that you recommend to everyone apart from like my fitness pal? Is there anything else like biofeedback that you use? Or? Uh, so from from a training element. With, my, with the bespoke clients I have with Lean Body Performance, I use an app anyway, so I can track all, all the training off there. 
Alex tends to do for the nutritional side of things. He will use uh, my fitness pal. He has other measures if someone really is against scale weight and tracking their food. Sometimes yeah. he'll use more of like a PN approach, yeah, yeah. whereby you know he'll even go through a phase if getting that person to understand portion size, he may have them send images of every single meal they have mm. so he can start to understand, okay, well, yes, it's supposed to be a fist size, but if you think about that, that's probably a little bit bigger than that yeah. or a little bit smaller so we can start managing it from there but I think I think even if you're taking that approach from the not using my fitness power you've still got to be got to be weighing from there mm. now obviously I, I work with a, one of the world's top gynecologists Dr. Anita Mitra mm. and most of these apps for tracking say cycles for instance mm. they're okay but they're not great mm. so simple pen and paper when it comes to that can just be fantastic mm. and even if you know <clears throat> if we're keeping a training journal for instance or even if you're just tracking that mm. just making a note of it like girls know when the cycle starts mm. write that down anything else like is your sleep affected do you feel bloated is your scale weight changed um, you know body temperature is likely to change some people aren't going to be doing those things mm. if you notice a performance decrease you know if you're, if you're doing a certain conditioning or certain density work mm. and you you know wearing a heart rate monitor or even the effort that you're trying to expend to do something then make a note of those things it's only through tracking that we can see how much you're being affected mm. and yeah from the weight side of things if you're, if you're actually tracking your training we can see, you know, is you, you, know, you still able to do three sets of five at 60 kilos, mm. or has that dropped down? Or was it that same, but did the RPE go up? Mm. Could you manage it and you went from an 8 RPE to a 9 RPE? Mm. Starts to show us some levels that we need to manage. Mm. So with them, um, this might be more for Alex, but um, do, you think, do you change or undulate actual macros and splits based on time of month as well? Because... From what I've read in the past, there'll be times of more insulin sensitivity and then times of more insulin resistance as well. So I know we, he and I have spoken at length about doing it, and I think he does with some of our clients. Who It depends on, like, are they slightly affected or are they greatly affected? Those that are greatly affected, he has in the past, almost on those three days, given them, say, some additional calorie markers. Yeah. You know, we all know girls that turn around and say, well, you know, when, when I'm you know, experiencing my period or just before... I just want to eat chocolate. Yeah. And usually it's the body craving a few more calories, mm. you know, certain times during that, during that cycle. So often he will give them an additional 250, 350 calories mm. so that they can almost like scratch that itch a little bit. Yeah. But it also gives them a bit of a psychological break mm. when they're going through a psychologically tough time. Mm. Uh, one of the papers that I sort of read when I was writing the article on it, um, <clears throat> they went through and discussed a lot of factors that they say about the psychological element mm. like for one thing they say that the, the, the sheer fact that one your, your body's bleeding mm. has an effect on you mm. you do experience you know some females experience uh, cramping mm. um, you will experience obviously increases in body temperature sleep may be affected though mm. a lot of these things have a psychological impact on you as well mm. so if we can reduce that as well it could be a huge thing mm. so with the um, would it be I was trying to think. I had a question there, which was, um, sorry, what was the what are the main kind of myths that the um, that you get? So the questions where you probably like we roll your eyes and go oh, that one again. But you know, for example, do you have a lot of females who come in to empower her with the with the idea of you know I haven't touched the carb in two years because the carbs make you fat, but they're having three bottles of prosecco at the weekend. Yeah. You know, how, what what are the most common nutrition from a nutritional standpoint? New, uh, most common beliefs that you have to reverse. Uh, we've had a few in there about you know the people kind of not to so going with the extremes, but some people kind of avoiding carbs. Mm. The carbs around training, nutritional timing, mm. 
Yeah, should we be eating car- not be eating carbs beyond 6 p.m.? Right, right. Uh, a lot of it is, again, because of the demographic I'm working with, is that, that young, tra- mm. fairly young in training age. Mm. We're kind of getting those, those, common, those mm. common questions arising. And it usually is around carbs, which, mm. is, which is strange because usually you'd think that it would be fat that people would suddenly start yeah. really concerning themselves with. But it really is the carb one. And sometimes people you know, use the phrase like major you know, minors. Mm. They're really focused on, should I be having my carbs before and after training? Mm. And then the next question is always like, what should I be eating? Mm. And within power, I've been very cautious. So I haven't had Alex in the group. Mm. Um, a girl that works with me called Ailish Fleming. She's, she's been in, but really just to kind of assist answering any questions mm. um, with the nutritional side of things. And we, we've been, not that we've been trying to stop the nutritional element. Mm. It's such a wildly convoluted area. Mm. And trying to provide specifics mm. for a group that in the group I just had had 55 people in it mm. we don't want to go down that avenue of like okay I need to provide like calories and macros for 55 people yeah. which would be really really challenging to do mm. so what we try to do is provide some education on it mm. getting them to understand about uh, you know the importance of you know if you're in a deficit if you're also looking to maintain how you should maybe look to portion out your meals put some meal and snack ideas in there mm just to help them to start to understand and maybe make some educated guesses off the back of it rather than trying to do specifics which I think in that size group would be really tough for us to do mm. um, but yeah those, those the common questions always around carbs mm. so we've we've spoke about like what people think of the black and white factors in getting lean or getting or performing better which is nutrition and training um, which you know is 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 obviously a very important factor. But do you think that the the through the group community and the group network, do you think that becomes even more um, important? And do you think that's an even bigger selling point where there's a group of people who all have a similar um, everything, lots of things in common. They're all going for a similar goal, mm. and they get to talk and be amongst each other. Do you think that's a more powerful selling point, or um, most of it that's more it makes the it makes the whole process more attractive to to be a part of? I think so. I mean, we all like to feel supported and go through shared experiences. Mm. You know, if you look at love it or hate it, there's a few things that like CrossFit does really well. Yeah, yeah. And it is their, you know, they celebrate everything. Yeah. You know, they have a bell there. Like you can do the crappiest looking deadlift in the world, but if yeah. it's a PB, you get to go ring that bell. Yeah. yeah. But their community supports each other and they'll back each other. And that's a huge factor. Their classes are busy for a reason. Like everyone wants to be back. Everyone knows everyone in there and feels supported by it. And that's what I have with the, with the Empower. And that really kind of just started by accident. Mm. Um, but with the ladies there, like if, if they have great days and they're feeling awesome and strong and they, like, you know, they hit a PB, mm. we're all going to celebrate that. Mm. If they have a shit day, like we're all going to help each other through yeah, that. Like yeah. We all have them and that's okay. Like it, mm. you know, 10% of your workouts are going to be shit. Mm. But to have people stay there and go, do you know what? I had one of those last week mm. and it's fine. Yeah. I think if you, to acknowledge it, and to feel supported through it makes mm. it a little bit. It makes it okay. Mm. And again, just managing that. I don't want someone having their workout and it being bad, mm. going home and dwelling on it, and then it just tanking the week. Yeah, yeah. They can post about it in the group, and we're all going to get behind them and lift them up, mm. and then they're going to go in the next session feeling great. So it's going to last for a moment, and then they're going to be able to move on from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a key factor. Mm. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of things, even if you look at some of the online stuff, you have Kayla's stuff that she does and she's got like you know millions of people following mm. the programming isn't fantastic from what I understand mm-hmm. 
but the, the, the support group, the network, yeah. people meeting up. I mean, I have it people in the group that have been contacting each other. Like, you know, if you've got people that live in London near each other, mm. or where do you train? Let's train together. Mm. Like, suddenly something that was an individual endeavor for themselves, mm. they have a shared experience. They might not have that with their friends. Mm. Like, we've all got we've all got friends that don't train, and they mm. don't understand our quote-unquote obsession mm. with training and mm. why we always try and, you know, why we're always eating green stuff. yeah. And, yeah. They don't understand that. And a lot of these girls don't have that support. To have a group of people in a Facebook group, even though you might only know them through the internet, just doesn't make you an anomaly amongst all the people you know. Mm. It makes you actually have some friends. Awesome. So from start to well, start to finish, or take me through the process of Empower Her from you know, from signing up, what does it entail and what what do you get for being part of it? Yeah. So the new one starts on Monday actually so what we're having is at the moment people are just signing up they're in the group and this morning everyone's introducing themselves right. getting to know each other and I always try and you know we've all done it before in person do a few icebreakers mm. um, usually the best thing is anything that's kind of embarrassing that you want yeah. to kind of share with each other is a, is a good way to break the ice tomorrow they get delivered the, they get the, the first phase of the program uh, which we obviously for the next four weeks and mm. from there uh, I'll detail everything that's in the program why they're doing it mm. So obviously I have Ailish that's helping me. We have it detailed out every week kind of what our focus is. Mm. So even with the training side of things, what week's one focus is. This is what I want you to focus and go in and, and go in and do. Uh, during the week one, I always put the videos up of like the major techniques, squats, deadlifts, pressing exercises, mm. so that they can either refine what they currently do or you know we, we can work on things as they go. I mean, I also in the group offer them technical feedback as well. So they mm. have the option to either post it in the group or send it to me directly mm. so that they can actually improve their techniques while we do this because I don't want anyone getting injured during that process. Mm. Uh, from there, we're obviously very open any questions that do arise, uh, which we try and... Usually a lot of stuff, we, well, usually once or twice a week, Ailish and I will ask, you know, we try and quash any amount of bullshit that they think is out there in the fitness industry. Mm. Uh, there's always a lot of questions that people have uh, from there three or four times a week we'll try and put educational posts up now that might be us in front of the camera or us putting posts up or if we've seen anything in particular that we think is useful or that's going to help them directly with the, the journey that they're on for eight weeks mm. we're going to post those up because we're, what we're really trying to do is to give people when we talk about being empowered like it comes through choice mm. The program itself has choice in it. So if, you, if we're going in and our first exercise is a squat, they get to choose whether it's a back squat, front squat, goblet squat. That's cool. Like, and I'll give them the education. It's okay, well, how do we make this right decision? Like a back mm. squat doesn't mean that's superior to anything else. Like mm. where's your level at? What's your technique at? And let's help you make a better choice from there. Mm. But if you look at autonomy, if they make choice, they'll get more out of it. Because mm. I didn't say you must back squat. Mm. they get to choose which one they want to do they'll own that movement they're going to be confident with that movement and likelihood they'll probably move more weight in that movement mm. so when we're talking about empower her we want that to happen we want them to start to understand about how they can you know through, through Ailish helping how they can make better choices for their nutrition I want them to understand how they can start to start to see results and understand you know, the importance of rest days recovery take ownership mm. of themselves I do have accountability check-ins once a week mm. because again I think that's important mm. you know, we've all seen people go for a training program whereby they do the same weights for every single week like if I see that in, the re- in them reporting that back to me I'm going to ask them you know, how come we haven't progressed yet is it a confidence issue is it a technique issue or do we need to, to work on that because I think that's an important factor to have as well and then alongside that every week we do a Q&A 
which seems to be gradually turning into a podcast. Right. Um, one, if it's if it's just myself or myself and Ailish, then what we'll do is we'll fa- keep them fairly short, answer questions from the group, and we'll mm. usually have a topic that her and I will kind of mm. converse and bounce back and forth off. And then, uh, usually within eight weeks, I'll try and have at least four guests mm. on. Um, hopefully, I'm going to get a few more because it's way more interesting than me talking to them every yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that certain areas we can we can uh, have uh, answered as well and then that gets posted in the group mm. uh, and they get it before and then if it's a guest I'll post it live anyway for yeah. on YouTube for anyone but I mean this phase we've uh, my business partner and I doing one tomorrow on nutrition mm. uh, we've had Nicola Jane Hobbs on who uh, has authored three books on kind of yoga and mindset she has a degree in sports psychology mm. and she was a two-time English weightlifting champion wow. so she kind of bridges the gap nicely yeah, between lifting yoga and and mindset so she's been on we had uh, Dr. Anita Mitra come on talking mm. specifically about how to track your cycle mm. uh, issues that you may experience during that time and we kind of went into a Q&A and she did about 20 minutes on polycystic ovaries oh, wow. um, so she dived into that and then we had Alice, uh, Alice Living come on some people know as Clean Eating Alice mm. a lot of people don't realise she's a coach uh, right. she's a coach at Third Space in London Everyone knows her from social media because she's got, what, six, seven hundred thousand followers. Um, So I had her on to talk specifically about training females and her transition from being a stage performer. She was in Annie Mm. uh, to to working in the industry. Mm. Hiccup she's come across during that time and, um, you know, like key factors that she sees with female training as well. So we're trying to provide as much content as Mm. we can to help to help females in uh, in the group. But mainly everything's leading towards them feeling, one, increasing confidence through their training, mm. but feeling empowered by giving them choice and education for mm. them to then, whether they stay in Empower Her past the eight-week mm-hmm. one each time, to then go and make better choices than they did beforehand mm. and to actually feel like they have some understanding and they can... Nutrition and training and nutrition, probably more so, mm. is so diverse and convoluted yeah, that yeah. they struggle to make those choices. Mm. But that's what we're trying to do, is help them make better choice and to actually feel like they own their training, their yeah. nutrition, and they're in control of it, mm. rather than it just going in and mindlessly training and nothing mm. happening. So can you can you re-sign after the first one? Is it, is it a rolling system, or is it like yeah. different stages? Yeah, it's going to be a rolling eight weeks. Yeah. So yeah, the, the first one was kind of a, a test group, yeah. uh, just to make sure we've kind of refined everything, mm. get me used to having to you know, use, use Facebook and, yeah. well not to use Facebook, but kind of getting used to yeah, the yeah. content being used in the group. Uh, then we've got the first eight weeks, and then we will literally just roll from there, and the idea is each one is to, mm. to, to build the community and to improve the, the the work that we're putting into it and the the amount of information we can provide mm. as much as much as we can do during the eight weeks mm. to give everyone that's on board as much content and much enjoyment and results as possible that's what we're going to do awesome that's been a um, very interesting chat because um yeah i think i think what we spoke about before is that in this game now with the way that the personal training or the fitness industry is going you have to have a an a niche and what is the problem that i solve and with your product is very much females who um, have started training have a decent ish or they presume a decent ish amount of knowledge but they need to be part of something where they can grow and have support not from just someone who's knowledgeable like yourself but other people going through the exact same thing but specifically other the same demographic so females similar age similar goal um, yeah, and it's, it's, I think it's a, uh, the product that you've got sounds um, amazing for 
you know in terms of it ticks every box you know you've got the nutrition you've got the training but you're explaining that's just one element of a bigger picture which is yeah. getting the psychology and specifically also understanding the, the biggest factor between men and female and male training which is the, the female cycle so mm. um, no it's a fantastic project and if any listeners want to um, if any listeners want to uh, find it where can, where can they go uh, so Empower itself is uh, www.empower so E-M-P-O-W-H-E-R dot right. co uk and that's where they'll find kind of the sign up form mm-hmm. and everything from there and then for myself is obviously I'm on Instagram and all those other elements is uh, uh, Adam Willis underscore LBP mm-hmm. has, has Empower got a separate Instagram uh, page yet or not yet not yet not yet in the, in the pipeline yeah it, it probably will in the pipeline yeah sweet and uh, what are you about to go train now? Unfortunately, it's arms. It's nothing <laughs> exciting. I wish I had a, had a better thing, but uh, yeah. my, my coach on a, on the weekend gives me arms. So, nice. uh, Jack Lovett, it's your fault. Yeah, give Jack a shout-out. <laughs> uh, and you're currently training for uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, aren't you? Yes, yeah, yeah so that's going to be good fun. Um, new project for me to kind of delve myself into. and mm-hmm. uh, It's nice to be learning something new. It was weird at first. I, I mean, I played basketball to a semi-professional level which in this country means jack shit um, but yeah. obviously I started learning that at the age of 12 to then have to go to a sport that I've never done and yeah, learn yeah. everything from scratch was a very humbling experience mm. you, you have to learn how to tap pretty quickly <laughs> and uh, yeah it's been good fun so I'm looking forward to competing in that later this year awesome brilliant thanks very much for coming on the show Adam and um, very all the best of luck with the Empower Her project brilliant thank you for having me on Chris